Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Parenting can be difficult, but it doesn't have to be a pain. That's the message you'll hear from today's guest, Marianne Ryan. A physical therapist specializing in women's health, Marianne provides tips for women about how to avoid pain during pregnancy, how to properly hold and carry a child, and about when and how to return to exercise after childbirth, among other topics. As always, input from our guest is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. With that, here's our interview with Marianne Ryan. Marianne, let's start by talking about the mother during the pregnancy phase. What are the most common aches and pains a mother will face during pregnancy? Well, she can easily develop some back pain or neck pain, which is very common because the body's not used to that excess weight that they're gaining really at a very rapid rate, and it puts a lot of stress on the back and the neck. What's the best way that they can manage that pain? Well, I personally think that if you're in back pain or neck pain, that you should go to the person who's an expert in treating that, and that's a physical therapist. And they would treat it so that they would help you get rid of that pain by either using some soft tissue mobilization or joint mobilization, and then teach you some exercises either to stretch out what's hurting you or to strengthen, and they would also teach you how to strengthen muscles that would help you carry that excess weight. So for somebody who hasn't been through physical therapy, take me through a little bit of that soft tissue mobilization and what that's like and what that that works on. The first thing that will happen is that the therapist will evaluate you and figure out what is causing the problem. And say, for example, somebody comes in with back pain, they may have some certain muscular weaknesses that will be addressed, but they might also have something as detailed as a rotated vertebra. And the therapist would use something called joint mobilization where they very gently try to encourage the vertebra to kind of line up with the other vertebra so that it doesn't twist the nerve and cause pain. And then along with that, the therapist will figure out and test and do an evaluation to see if there's certain muscles that need to be stretched out and then teach you how to stretch those muscles and also give you strengthening exercises so that you can carry that excess load until you deliver. And so what would a strengthening exercise example be? The best type of exercises, especially for a pregnant woman, is for her to learn some strengthening exercises from the inside out. So I personally always start my pregnant women with good old-fashioned Kegel exercises, which is a contraction of the pelvic floor, and it teaches them that also the pelvic floor is the bottom of the core, and the core are the muscles that hold up the back. And so if you start strengthening the bottom of the core, you'll have more support to hold up the belly and the ever-expanding uterus holding your baby so that there's not as much stress on the low back. And then there's other general strengthening exercises I'd have somebody learn, and I'd first evaluate and see where their weaknesses are, and then I teach them how to do the exercises that would help them strengthen where their individualized areas are and where they need strengthening. So we approach this from the angle of somebody who actually has that pain, but what about prevention? So if a woman is pregnant and she doesn't have pain yet, are these exercises or are there things that she can do to try and avoid this pain altogether, or is this sort of kind of pain with pregnancy generally unavoidable? It is avoidable, and I'd love the message to get out there that it 
treatable and it's not something that a woman should learn to live with. Unfortunately, women usually go for their checkups with their midwives or doctors on a monthly basis you know, during the early stages of the pregnancy. And they might mention, oh boy, I have some back pain. And the doctor or midwife might say, well, let's see how you're doing next month. And by the time they're told, well, maybe you should go to physical therapy, they might be in pain for three months. So I'd love people to realize that they can just go directly to a physical therapist. They don't need to go through their doctor anymore like they used to. And there are certain strengthening exercises you can do as a prevention, which would be Kegel exercises, some basic core exercises, and the way the exercises should be performed is that you shouldn't increase any bulging of the belly while you're exercising. So that what I'm talking about is the exercises shouldn't increase what we call the pressure in the belly because that'll put a lot of stress on the pelvic floor and also further stretch out the abdominal muscles. Are there exercises that would do that that are specific that you give examples of to stay away from? Common exercises, for example? The the most common one, and everybody thinks they should be doing them, is sit-ups or crunches. So it's anything that basically that you're lying on your back and you're lifting your head up against gravity. Or even if you're on a ball, some trainers or people see on the Internet that they can do modified sit-ups or crunches on a what we call a physio ball or an exercise ball. Those are going to increase the pressure inside your belly and weaken the pelvic floor and also stomach muscles. And they're geared towards training what we call the outside global muscles and not the inside muscles. And as I said earlier, for pregnant women, it's important that they strengthen inside muscles first and then the outside muscles can be strengthened after. If you go ahead and do crunches and sit-ups, what you're doing is causing a muscle imbalance where the outside muscles are become very strong, and that actually causes further weakness of the inside muscles. So it's, a, it's, it's kind of like a balance that you should be careful not to do sit-ups. That's, that's my number one that I tell people not to do. Sure. So then a pregnant mother who wants to keep fit, what other exercises do you suggest or tend to, to be easiest for a pregnant woman to do? Okay, non-impact cardio is fine, say, using elliptical equipment, doing fast walking, using a bicycle or, you know, either a stationary bicycle or, you know, one outside until the further stages where they're, you know, they might feel like their balance is off because they're too big to balance on the bicycle so that they, they might want to choose to use a stationary bicycle. A lot of my moms also love taking yoga classes. There's a lot of prenatal yoga classes, and I get to see them at about when they're 30 weeks pregnant because they've injured the very front part of their pelvis. It's called pubic symphysis syndrome, and there's a big ligament that holds the two parts of the pelvis together. And because of the hormones that are produced preparing your body for delivery, that ligament becomes looser, and it's very easy to kind of twist the pelvic bones around it so that it can cause pain. And so if they want to do yoga, I strongly suggest that once they hit, say, 25 weeks, not to do exercises that require them to stand on one leg or rotate their upper body over their hips, such as the warrior stance, because that can twist the pelvis and then cause pain in that very front area. A lot of women will say they feel like there's almost a catching in the front of the pubis area. Are there any other points or or signs that it's not safe to do a certain exercise? So so not so much how many weeks along somebody is, but you mentioned, for example, at some point their balance might be affected. I mean, is that a sign, for example, that that exercise, whatever you're doing, if you feel like you don't have balance, is not a good one? Are there other examples like that? Yes. They've got to use common sense that if something is causing pain, either while they're doing it or if they're feeling 
discomfort after they do it, even the next day, they should use common sense and say, well, maybe that exercise isn't good for me. And that's the time that there's nothing wrong with going to a physical therapist and asking them, you know, getting advice. This is what I like to do. I like to do my yoga class, and I find that I'm in pain after or whatever exercise they might be running. A lot of women, you know, want to run throughout their pregnancy. What's not for everybody. Sometimes women start to leak urine, and that means that the exercise is too challenging for their pelvic floor at that point and that they probably shouldn't be running at that point and wait until after they deliver until things settle down a bit and they get a little bit stronger and then to start running again. So it's common sense, and for I think a lot of women, especially in New York where I practice, are under a lot of stress and they they have high expectations and they've got to understand that you know they're pregnant and their body's different and it's not forever but there's a short period of time where they might not be able to perform certain things that they were able to before getting pregnant and then other things you know dizziness is a big big indicator that either they're putting pressure on one of the major arteries that deliver blood to the baby through the placenta or they might be dizzy because they might have some increase in blood pressure from the exercise which is not a safe thing to do so dizziness poor balance, aches and pains, or even urinary leakage is an indication that you're doing an exercise that is too challenging for your body at that point in time. Somewhat in the spirit of several of the things you said now at this point, you talked about not needing to settle for that pain and and that it is avoidable. How can a woman who's pregnant know the difference between discomfort that comes from your rapidly changing body versus actual pain that's beyond normal that should send them in to see a doctor or see a physical therapist about how they're feeling? Well, if you have a question, you should ask your either treating uh, doctor or midwife, and there's nothing wrong with if you have a question, go to the people who are experts in musculoskeletal dysfunctions, which are physical therapists, to go and go ask the question and they'll do a full evaluation. There's no real fine guidelines because people perceive pain differently. Some people might have, you know, say a little cut on the finger and they might consider that terrible pain and where other people might not even perceive it as pain at all. So I think as a guideline, if you have questions, you should ask the professional you're seeing for your birthing and also there's nothing wrong and it's a good idea to go see a physical therapist who specializes in women's health and ask them to do an evaluation and to guide you through your whole pregnancy journey or part of your pregnancy journey so that your body's in good shape and you're not experiencing pain. There's no reason to go through and just figure, well, I'm pregnant and I should be in pain. It's abnormal to be in pain and it doesn't feel good and women shouldn't settle for it. So speaking of that pregnancy journey, once that's over, during that journey is a time where we tend to be very focused on the health of the mother and how she's feeling. But once the baby's born, there's a tendency to then really focus only on the health of the child and sometimes forget maybe how mom and dad, for that matter, are doing as a result of having this new life in their midst. So what are some of the injuries that new parents should watch out for, for whether they're dealing with newborns or toddlers and on up? Well, the first thing I say is because the new parents are terribly sleep-deprived that they tend to not be as careful when they do things while they're taking care of the baby, no matter what they're doing, and it could even be while they're cooking dinner. And one thing they can do very easily is hurt their back because of trying to do too many things and not focusing on protecting their own body. And as you mentioned earlier, one of the trends is the baby's born and they congratulate the mom and dad, give the woman a little pat on the back, and she's told, okay, 
Okay, so you finished your job with me as the person who helped deliver the baby. I'll see you in six weeks, and just don't do anything until any physical exercises until six weeks. And then after that, the mom goes for a checkup, and she's giving another little pat on the back. Good job done. Here's a piece of paper explaining what Kegel exercises are, and that's the end of her care. And it's unfortunate because she's basically left in a state of muscle fatigue. The muscles are out of shape. The brain forgets how to contract the muscles that have been stretched out. And she would be best off if there was some focus on her body to recover from the delivery. So in the mother focusing on herself, what's your tips on doing that? Is it about budgeting time to think about that? Is it about ways to start exercising again? How does the mom start focusing on her own health and getting back to where she was before? Not not back to what she was originally, but just getting back to a, a basic level of strength. The mom right after birth till the six-week period could do certain exercises that they're not traditionally taught to do. She can actually start doing Kegel exercises, very gentle ones, about two days after giving birth. Even women who have had C-sections could do it because the area that's operated on for a C-section does not include the lower tummy muscles, which are automatically used when you use your Kegel exercises or perform your Kegel exercises. So that she can start. And there's certain breathing exercises where what I teach moms before they deliver is how to start breathing exercises where they learn to breathe from their lower tummy and also how to breathe with their rib cage moving outside or what we call lateral expansion of the rib cage because the diaphragm forgot how to work properly because it's been stretched out by the uterus pushing up against it. So by doing those type of exercises for the first six weeks before she even goes back for her checkup, she would start preparing her body for her core muscles to start working. And then there's other countries, not in our country, where it's very common for the women at six weeks to go back to physical therapy and start a postpartum program where they learn to first strengthen the pelvic floor muscles and then after that, more abdominal core work. And if she can't do that, what she can do is start more Kegels where she'll build up the number of them that she does, along with some very gentle core exercises that'll start getting the core muscles integrated and strengthened enough so that she'll have a better recovery. Just to sort of continue that train of thought then, so then after the six weeks, once you get into that point of trying to get back to where you were, trying to get back into a a daily exercise routine, what's the best way to transition beyond those initial weeks, and how do you keep those goals realistic? The word realistic is a great point because women traditionally at that point are exhausted at six weeks and they don't have the time to exercise, nor do they focus or think that they should be exercising at that time because the focus is on everything is to take care of the baby They are exhausted. So what I teach my patients to do is for them to exercise throughout the day. So they might be doing Kegels, but it's not like they're going to sit down or lie down on a mat and do a series of 20 to 30 minutes of exercises. I teach them how to fit it into their daily activities, and also I teach them how to do certain exercises like breathing exercises and Kegel exercises while they're nursing or feeding their baby with a bottle, and also how to fit in a few simple exercises like going up and down off of a step 10 times. It might be right after you put the baby down for a nap. You can fit in 10 steps up and down on a stool, doing things like squats on a chair, you know, from a chair up and down. When they get little snippets of time to kind of integrate it into 
their day, so it's not all done at the same time. Recognizing that women are different, how much weight they gain during pregnancy is different, how active they were before they were pregnant is different. All that said, for a woman who's trying to get back to her pre-pregnancy body, what's a realistic time frame for her to set for herself when that's possible? I have to assume that there are people who just have unrealistic expectations about how much time it takes to drop that weight. Yeah, and I read about the movie stars who, you know, two or three months have their bikinis on and they're running around. And what those women are doing, they're, they're probably eating very, very limited diet, exercising two, three hours a day, and they have plenty of people helping them to take care of the baby so that they sleep during the night. Realistically, I think if it takes four to five months to really start feeling like feeling better, especially if the baby's sleeping through the night, that's when you can really start to feel some recovery. And it might take up to nine months. If it takes nine months to grow a baby, it could take up to nine months to really feel that you're back in shape, that your body's working at optimal levels and that you've, you know, been able to, say by the time the baby's three months, they might be able to really steal 20 minutes here and there of time so that they can do, like, say, two parts, a two-part series of exercises. One might be just a walking program while the baby's napping in the stroller. Another might be a mat program to help build up some of their core exercise, uh, you know, core muscles. So to transition back then to more broadly to, to mom and dad and dealing with these young children who, in a sense, are these squiggling free weights that you're now carrying around multiple hours of the day, what are injuries that potentially can come up and affect parents without them even necessarily knowing that they're at risk? One of the biggest tips is to learn to move your body when you need to turn rather than keeping your feet planted and twisting your back, especially if you're bending down to pick up a child. Because when you twist your back, that puts terrible forces on the vertebra and the discs in between the vertebra where you can herniate a disc or you can strain a muscle that way. So the best thing to do is to kind of turn toward to where the child is and then to bend down as if you're doing a squat or one knee down and the other one where your knee goes down to the floor and then the other foot is on the floor with the knee bent and then to lift up from that position. So even if somebody is trying to change their child and they're wiggling around like a whirling dervish, the best thing to do is to kind of prepare for it by having all of your supplies that you need to change the baby's diaper at easy reach. One example would be to have the cleaning pad in a drawer underneath the changing table or on a shelf just to the side so that you don't have to twist or reach too much while the other hand is holding the baby down. Are there other sort of essentially set up things that, that a parent should keep in mind in terms of making sure that the nursery is safe, not just for the baby, but for the parent? Yes. There's all different sizes and shapes of changing tables, and the best changing table would be ideally at a few inches below your elbow height, but unfortunately changing tables are basically the same size uh, or standard size, just like desks and chairs are, but you might not fit into that standard size that they fit it for. So one of the biggest tips I give people for both dads and moms is to keep a stool next to where your changing table is so that you can put one foot up on the stool and the other foot is on the ground. And that helps to take stress off the back, especially if you're too tall, say for a dad that's bending over. That will help release strain on the back because it helps to distribute the weight better and and put less stress on the back. One of the great things that young child and the parent can do together is to go on walks. How about strollers? 
strollers, there's all different sizes and shapes, and they are a lot of them are adjustable. If the handle of the stroller should be at a level where you can not keep your arms straight, but just your elbows bent just a little bit, and it shouldn't be something that you have to bend your back down towards. So a lot of times, taller women or dads need to have extensions put on the handles themselves, and quite often they sell them, or they now have a lot of strollers that have adjustable handles. There are some strollers that are really neat. I get to see them here in Manhattan where the seat itself is adjustable, where you can move it up. It looks like a, you know, a a module that moves up or down so that if you have a younger baby, you can keep the seat part up so that you don't have to bend down so much to put the baby in and out of the stroller. And the way you use a stroller, there's ways to use it so that you can protect your back also. You should keep as little as possible in your hands. Sometimes I see moms with a bag on their shoulder, a telephone in one hand, and they're trying to hold a coffee cup in another and push the stroller at the same time. They have wonderful cup holders now that I see. There's a lot of interesting things out in the market now where you can put your coffee cup or your water bottle and put your diaper bag underneath the stroller, you know, underneath the uh, seat itself, and then use your two hands to push the stroller. That's why there's usually two sides to the handlebar and, you know, talk on your phone at some other time (laughs) or or stop, sit down and, and talk on the phone and so that you're not straining yourself trying while you're trying to push the stroller. So speaking of two hands, how about holding the baby in general? I mean, again, not thinking even so much about about the safety of the child, but just thinking about the, the safety of the parent who's holding the child. At some point, you need your other hand to do something, but the whole practice of basically pinning the child to your hip and, and hipping out to hold the child, does that ever lead to other injuries that you see in your clinic? Oh, most definitely. Back pain for moms and dads and also pelvic pain where the bones of the pelvis can kind of move a bit or it can cause a jarring force on the pelvis where they need treatment in order to get rid of the pain from that. The best way to hold the baby is not necessarily ideal, but it's right in front of you and or kind of a little bit up on the shoulder, not way up so that you have to jar your hip to one side. There are front carriers that at certain ages babies can be put in, and that certainly does give you the access to be able to use your hands for other things. I used to use a front carrier while cooking dinner. You know, of course, I was careful not to burn the baby, but, you know, I was able to prepare dinner, make a salad, and prepare something quick so that I was able to eat and nurse myself so I could continue nursing. And I was able to hold the baby and have access to other things. You've mentioned having realistic expectations. You've mentioned focusing on sleep. You've mentioned not settling for pain during pregnancy. If Of all these things, or something else that we haven't discussed just before we go. The, the secret to painless parenting is what? As you said, get as much sleep as possible and also don't settle for pain, but also use common sense and try to analyze what you're doing. If you're feeling a little strain in your back, you're doing something that probably could be changed and could be safer if you kind of use better body mechanics and don't do too much at once, as I was talking about it earlier, you know, such as if you're pushing the baby in the stroller, try not to also talk on the phone and and drink your coffee at the same time. Marianne Ryan, on behalf of Brazil Parents Everywhere, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com 
slash radio.